Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Horses with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It is great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, and we're broadcasting live today from Utah Valley Growth and Prosperity Summit, hosted by Utah Valley Chamber of Commerce and Utah Valley University. Uh, this this is an event that has brought together subject matter experts, thought leaders, to really start this discussion about the shape, how do you shape the future, how do you vision, envision the right things, uh, how do you create the right kind of coalition uh, to really address all the opportunities that are ahead uh, for Utah Valley, not just as a force in the state or the western U.S., but really to the world. And joining us now on the program is one of my favorite leaders in the state of Utah, President Astrid Tuminez, uh, president of Utah Valley University. And, uh, President, thanks so much for joining us, and what a great place to hold this kind of thought leadership summit. Thank you for having me today, boy. It's good to hear your voice. <laughs> It's, it's been too long since we've had you on the program. I do want you to know that I am sporting my UVU uh, green and blue striped tie today, uh, just in solidarity. Uh, but tell us, what does it mean to Utah Valley University to host uh, this kind of growth and prosperity summit? Well, I think um, I see the university as part of the brain trust of the state of Utah, and particularly here in Utah County. And as you know, the county is poised to grow by another million people between now and the year 2065. We probably think that's a long ways away, but we already see daily the impact of this growth. And as several people have said today, it's not a question of whether or not we will grow, but how we will grow. So that's a pretty critical Issue. I, I came from Singapore before Utah, where everything is planned in Singapore. And so you, you try to future-proof yourself by, by planning and putting policies in place that help you welcome that future and continue to promote uh, great quality of life for everyone. Oh, I love that. And I love that term, future-proof, uh, because growth is going to happen. Uh, things are going to happen, whether they're by chance or by choice. And uh, this future-proofing uh, is taking place at this Growth and Prosperity Summit. Part of that is going to be this Growth and Prosperity Compact of Utah Valley. And, of course, one of the main tenets of that is education and workforce development. Yes. So um, education, you know, in my own opening remarks today, I talked about the research of Professor Raj Chetty at Harvard on the American dream. The question being, what's the probability that someone in the lowest quintile of income could go up to the highest quintile? And one of the core variables is, is higher education. So, so the, for me, the role of Utah Valley University is to ensure that as many people as possible have access to the, the education and the experiences that will help them be better prepared for life and work. So growth is only growth, and um, I think if you have growth without more equitable prosperity, prosperity for as many people as possible, um, that is not the American dream. That's a very lopsided thing, and so we want to enhance opportunity for as many people as possible, and, and that's where the university comes in. Uh, and it's such a, a driving force here in the community. You're going through your own uh, growth and prosperity here at Utah Valley University. Give us a little update of what's happening here on campus. 
Yes, so, um, you know, it's been a tough year, as it has been for all universities, but this fall, uh, our headcount is actually up. Our enrollment is over 41,000. And um, one of our biggest, uh, one of our colleges that's growing the most is the College of Engineering and Technology. Three years ago, we launched Civil, Electrical, and Mechanical Engineering, and enrollment for Civil and Electrical has tripled and uh, mechanical has doubled. And you may know that the state today uh, has about 4,000 openings for engineers, and that need every single year is probably likely to go on until the year 2028, where we need 4,000 engineers and probably many thousands more uh, technicians to support uh, the engineers. Yeah, it, it's such an amazing thing. And uh, some of us were uh, talking uh, in between the breaks and uh, talking about maybe we should go back and get an engineering degree. <laughs> <laughs> it's never too late. By the way, you know, the beauty of UVU is we offer a lot of certifications as well, roughly 50 and over 60 uh, associate degrees. So those are two-year degrees in mechatronics, robotics, electric automation, all of these Awards and degrees and credentials and skills are critical to the economy of Utah, which is number one in the United States this year. Oh, it's so extraordinary. I wanted to talk for a minute, President, about the the relationship and the connection. It seems to me this summit is part uh, brainstorming and envisioning and part just making sure there's a really strong connection between the business community, uh, between Utah Valley University, between state and local government, uh, because really all of that's going to have to come together if we really are going to have meaningful, sustainable growth and, as you said, so important, prosperity for all. Yes. Yes, so it it really is in a way, you know, systems thinking. So sometimes people have the misperception that business will solve everything, but the market is not a solution to everything. We know that public goods such as roads and water, uh, some of that or a good chunk of that has to be provided by government. So it's really asking what uh, what do different sectors of the society and economy do well? So today we have heard uh, on con- in the different panels on housing, transportation, um, health, and so on. Everybody has a role to play, and it's so important that the university and the Utah Valley Chamber be a convener for these conversations, for the debates that need to happen, for the problem solving that needs to happen. We need a lot of creativity, and we need to cross-fertilize our ideas because um, resources are strained. You know, we don't have unlimited amounts of time, money, or people. And so the more that the private sector, the public sector, the nonprofits, and the universities, the more we work together and find synergies, the better for for this uh, for this county and and really the state as a whole. Yeah, if you're just joining us, we have Utah Valley University President Astrid Tuminez on the line with us. Uh, we're down here broadcasting for the Utah Valley Growth and Prosperity Summit. And uh, President, I want you you always come to this point of creativity uh, and pulling, convening, bringing people together. And uh, I, we've been talking a lot this week about still having that curiosity. Sometimes in our politically divided world, we kind of go to our own talking points and, and business goes to a space and politics goes to a space and higher education goes to a space. But part of this convening really is to create space t- for people to be curious, uh, which is where the yeah. creativity comes. 
Yes, absolutely. I, I think, you know, the, the what we need to focus on is problem solving. If we simply label one another and then dismiss one another, that's going to get us nowhere. And, and, you know, creativity happens. There's a lot of research on creativity. And one of the core fundamentals of creative solutions is diversity in thought, diversity in experience. And so when we bring the richness of thought and experience around a table, virtual or real, that's where creative solutions take place. I am less interested today in, in the kind of polarized thinking and purist yeah. positioning that seems to plague our polity and our discourse. <laughs> um, you, you know, my background, I grew up in the slums. My father made less than $50 a day. We had to be very creative. <laughs> we had to think about the problem at hand and then the resources we had at hand to solve what was in front of us. Yeah. And for Utah, we mainly have a lot of opportunities and we, we have to work together. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, President, this really is a, an extraordinary event. This is a great convening. And uh, as you've had the opportunity to be on the stage and to interact today and to hear some of the conversations and some of the insight, what are some of the things that are now bubbling up in your mind in terms of where we need to go next? Well, um, I think uh, there were many ideas discussed today that kind of got me thinking about the things that we could do more of. So, for example, in the panel on transportation, we'll never be able to build highways fast enough in Utah. And I was thinking that the examples that we have of uh, giving all of our students, staff and their dependents, you know, free bus passes, which has increased the ridership of UVX to over a million before COVID, building a bridge across I-15, which has linked West Campus with the Orem Campus. And that bridge is used by 4,000 people every day. Mm. So if you think about the number of cars that have been removed from the road. So I, I just think in my mind, you know, what more of these types of things can we do? Um, housing is, is another example. Um, I think uh, UVU can be a partner with, with the private sector as we think of better ways to house students um, in, in um, buildings closer to campus and, again, allowing them to walk to classes and not have to drive. I, I think these are things that would help all of us manage the growth that we are now experiencing. And then finally, I think about programs that the university must increase. The two areas that occur to me are really the health professions and engineering and technology. So we will certainly be working hard on expanding those programs in the coming years. Oh, that's uh, so vital uh, to all of that. And as you look at some of that expansion, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about engineering and a lot of the STEM kinds of programs, uh, but that isn't everything down here at uh, Utah Valley University. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about your some of the certification programs and some of those other paths that are also going to be very critical to the, the future of the Valley. Yes, yeah, so we, we actually have eight schools and colleges, and our largest, our two largest colleges are the College of Humanities and Social Sciences and the College of Science. So right there alone, that tells you, you know, what the, the different majors are. Um, with, with the certifications that I talked about earlier, earlier UVU is the largest um, uh, award, so the giver of awards in career and technical education of all the institutions in Utah. And there are more credit hours offered in career and technical education in UVU than any other UCHI institution, Utah System of Higher Education. That might surprise people because when you say that you are a university, everybody thinks immediately of that 
four-year degree. Um, the beauty, again, of UVU is, is, like I said, we have about 50 certificates, over 60 associate degrees. And then we have what we call pathways from the technical colleges where you can take so many hours in a technical college like Mountainland Tech. And then those translate into academic uh, programs, academic credits at UVU in programs like nursing, web development, IT management, and so on. Oh, those are all such vital components as well. Uh, I wanted to round out our, our conversation. You know, your experience has, has taken you around the world, and uh, you've you've seen growth and prosperity, and, and you've seen uh, the lack of it, uh, and how education plays such a, a vital role, again, regardless of the path, whether it's a STEM path or it's a certificate path or a pathway, uh, that all of those really are part of, of that p- journey to prosperity for individuals, families, communities, uh, and ultimately for states and nations. Um, yes, yeah, so uh, I've, I've worked in, uh, I, of course, I was born and raised in the Philippines, which is a very poor country, and I've lived and worked in Hong Kong, Singapore, the former Soviet Union, post-Soviet Russia, and, and the United States. And from a comparative perspective, I think we are all facing the, the challenge of you know, uh, very rapid change, very rapid change. And and how do we sustain um, quality of life for as many people as possible? Inequality is not an exciting thing. Um, I think that uh, where we are in Utah, we need to keep building back on those variables that make the American dream possible, first being access to education, two, uh, community development, three, social capital, Fourth, a government that is fiscally responsible and that is trusted. I think when you have those elements, according to the study by Professor Chetty at Harvard, the American dream is possible. And and I love being in Utah and being able to participate in the exciting things that are happening here. We need to stay humble and vigilant and hardworking because there's so much opportunity in front of us, but there's also a lot of work to do together. Oh, fantastic. And it is that uh, Utah Valley University Wolverine gritty uh, of uh, taking all of those opportunities and uh, wrestling to the gr- wrestling them to the ground and then finding those uh, those opportunities. Uh, and I love that you include in that that social capital component. And I really think part of what this summit is doing is showing that uh, we do have a lot of social capital. If we invest it right, uh, the future looks really bright. Yes, and, you know, we, we are a hopeful culture. I like that about Utah, and I think we need to really sustain that so that we can carry on with what we're doing and even improve what we have today. Oh, fantastic. Uh, Utah Valley University, President Tuminez, uh, always a pleasure to have you on the program and appreciate your leadership and uh, what you do to make a difference, uh, not just at Utah Valley University, uh, but here in the Valley and across the state of Utah. Thanks so much for joining us today and thanks for hosting uh, this great summit. Thank you. All right, again, that's Utah Valley University President Astro Tuminez, and uh, we're broadcasting all day today, uh, all the way till 3 o'clock at the Utah Valley Growth and Prosperity Summit. It's being hosted by the Utah Valley Chamber of Commerce and Utah Valley University. And it, it really is a convening of thought leaders uh, from across the board, uh, looking at everything, not just business, not just education, uh, but health care, natural resources, attainable housing, transportation and infrastructure, 
all the things that we often talk about being vital uh, to prosperity and to creating space for everyone to pursue their version uh, of the American dream. And uh, it's just, just a, a vital convening today. And often we, we haven't uh, looked at this as much in Utah Valley. That uh, has been more of a Salt Lake City-centric conversation. And so I love the fact that it's being hosted down here in Utah Valley uh, where growth continues to happen in a significant way. Well, we're going to stay with the conversation as we continue to broadcast here from the Utah Valley Growth and Prosperity Summit. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, uh, our governor, Utah Governor Spencer Cox, is going to weigh in what he looks at in terms of growth and prosperity here at the summit at Utah Valley University. Stay with us. Much more to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.